0: Park, Park three podcast. Let's oh, <laughs> fucking go. Cool. Steven Marvin.
1: Hey, oh my goodness. Let's get back right in the <laughs> Put him
0: down for the birdie, dog. Just a bit outside. Gang, we back together. <laughs> Somebody give me your fucking putter. <laughs> Poured the I had to make it. I got no fucking club. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the World Famous Part 3 Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen Malvin. J.R. Smith is in Florida, and we are here with the one and only A.G., a.k.a. Hurt Boy, producer, golfer, father, partner, entrepreneur, amongst other things. Welcome to the Part 3 Podcast.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: So let's talk about music. I have a few good friends Uh, from the Dungeon family, Sleepy Brown, Rico Wade, Ray Murray, they call him the Yoda, (laughs) Big Gilt, Big Boy, so on and so forth. So how in the world did you get mixed up with that Motley (laughs) (laughs)
2: crew? Good question. I met Future definitely over like 10 years ago. He had me come pick him up from the airport and he got in the car in front of me and Rico Wade got in the car my car and uh we kind of instantly connected we went into the studio and you know he kind of gravitated towards me because i was kind of a younger cat who was like interested in making music and yeah it was like around the time future was making his project like his first like official album i think he just signed with epic yeah me and rico like became friends like ever since and he was kind of a big mentor with me like getting into the music world we remained close ever since. you
0: were just in Atlanta to work with Future on that project or something?
2: No, he would come out to L.A. a lot, and he would hit me up to come to the studio sessions, and I just kind of was in there, like, kind of as a fly on the wall. It was, like, kind of right before I started really, like, producing full-time, but me and him became friends. Yeah, it was, like, a really good experience, like, kind of being around them in an early age and just kind of seeing how they did everything, like, just watching the whole process with them was just... Huge for me, like later in my career, just to kind of orchestrate things and working on albums and stuff. And
0: learning from um, the legendary pioneers organized noises. Oh, yeah. It's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. So I at first became familiar with you as a producer working with projects that, yeah, that we've done, obviously with with Chief Keef mm-hmm. and, and knowing Fredo and rest in peace Fredo. Yeah, so sure. so R. R.
2: you worked on their albums and made beats for the Glow Gang. Yeah. So interesting story. I was I built a studio at my my parents' house. I was like 21, 22 years old. So Fredo was introduced to me by a mutual friend. He came over to my house and we recorded a song together. And he went back to Chicago and he's like, I'm going to call you in a few days. I'm probably going to come back. But he liked the song so much. He called me the next day. He's like, yo, I'm going to come back to LA. Do you think I could stay at your house? And I was like, yeah, for sure. So he came back to LA and he he never left. Uh-huh. And then we end up working on a bunch of uh, mixtapes and projects after that. And yeah, we. That was, like, probably one of my my best friends. Wow. And so it's
0: interesting. Like, obviously, I know a little background getting to know you, et cetera, like going to school at Crossroads and growing up in L.A. and, yeah. and all of those fun things. But we did a, a Glow Gang collaboration yeah. with Marvin, and we shot uh, we shot Sosa, Chief Keith in the studio with the clubs. We shot him in his—he said he wanted to dress his club, so he put it <laughs> in his uh, walk-in closet, and we shot that stuff. But that you didn't find that— you know, when I saw you, it wasn't, you didn't ask about that. You asked about Tato, yeah, right? Tato in the
2: yard chipping. Yeah, no, I just thought that was just so funny. Well, Tato is just a character. Um, I got to know him pretty well. I mean, we had like a Thanksgiving dinner at my house. He came over and everybody was there, him, Ball Out, and all, all the guys would be at the house and stuff. And he was sitting there with my parents. And, you know, it was just so funny because, you know, all these guys from different walks of life would come to the house and like somehow would connect, you know, with the family and all that. But I just think Tato is just, he's just such an interesting, interesting guy. And I thought that was so cool, like that he was a part of the collab and he's just really, pretty, pretty fun. It's insane how um,
0: significant that group of kids from Chicago are, oh, yeah. right? I mean, from Chief Definitely. Keef, Fredo, obviously, Tato, Ball Out, you know, Pan, I've done all of those yeah. guys for a year. My kids grew up going over to Sosa's house and riding those little mini, you know, baby oh, forums toy cars. around the yeah. toy cars <laughs> in the house and Bill the Butcher and doing art shows with Sosa, but even prior to starting and Golf, mm-hmm. It's fascinating to me where like, when we were, when I was like, I want to do this project with Chief Keef, you know, they're like, why? I'm like, well, dude, it's fucking Chief Keef, you yeah, know, like it's, it's it's Chief Keef, and they're yeah. like, you think he'll he'll really do it? And I'm like, yeah, they're they're easy to work with, yeah, you know, working on projects with Wu Tang, working on projects with all different type of rappers, like this shit can be kind of hard mm. to deal with, but like they, those dudes are the easiest to work with ever. Yeah, is like, you ask him if he wants to do something, he's like, yeah, I'm with it, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's over. There's no more thought. There's no turning back. There's no double guessing his thought later it's a very clear I want to do it I'm gonna do it I could care less what anyone
2: else thinks yeah but right? he, he fucks with you so like he fucks that's with it what you got going on yeah. too but I mean it's just those guys have such a cult following too but they're also like the reason why the rap is what it is today you know and like that's what I found like just from being around those guys, like when I was, and just how many, how many like artists that are like the big artists today, like the Playboy Carties, the Little Uzies, and those those guys look up to them so much, and the Little Yachty's and like it's just it's it's allowed me to like maneuver and get to where I'm at because I was around them, you know, and we kind of started that almost that SoundCloud wave and. I mean, cause back then it was YouTube. We would drop everything on my YouTube channel. It's just, I've seen a lot of like artists now kind of coming up from being like, you know, influenced by those guys. And what about, so other projects that you've
0: worked at, uh, on since, you know, start with Organized Noise, then, you know, working with Glow Gang and et cetera. And then now in the last, you know, five, 10 years, what, what yeah. have you been up to?
2: I, I recently have been working a lot with NBA Youngboy. I'm, I'm real close with his engineer. So that kind of opportunity fell in my lap. He was able to work on Juice World's like one of his last songs he made um, through another close friend of mine who was like his right-hand man, his engineer. Just kind of like things like... I'm, I'm also close with Lil Yachty too. And, you know, that... Like just a lot of things like fell into place as, as I just kind of stayed working on the music and all that. And, uh It's been cool. I signed to a major publisher. So they've been creating opportunities for me and stuff like working with a lot of the Florida cats, like little Shimmy, little Tyler. So that's been cool. Before we get to the golf, uh, with Malbin, we
0: make a lot of content, right? Mm -hmm. So we're doing videos, a couple videos a week, pretty much to drop new products and new, new things we're doing recaps of, you know, events like this, et cetera. So we, um, started i started coming up with the concept like team mob and we have jason day we have charlie hall we have all these people but like i want to have you know producers yeah people who make beats on the team who also like golf so you were the first one i called where i was like what do you think about being you know team mob and rock with us on the course rock the, the gear but also help us with your beat library and so i called you and i yeah. said yo how many what do you got you got cleared music etc 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 you're like I got like 7,000 beats. Yeah. 7,000 beats (laughs) on deck. Yeah. How you
2: doing? (laughs) (laughs) So how's the library? Tell me about it. During COVID, actually, it's crazy because studios shut down. So we as producers had to sit there and just kind of, I mean, there's nothing going on. So we're sitting at home with nothing to do and... You just want to crank out beats because a lot of the artists that we work with would build home studios and and work at home. So they just want beats texted to their phone. And some of the artists I work with will scroll through hundreds of beats and be like, next, 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 next. And you just got to feed them beats. Mm -hmm. So send them 10, 20 packs a day. Packs or how many? Oh, 10 or 20 beats a day yeah yeah it's like you can they only want one out of a hundred so you got 99
0: on on ice yeah
2: so you know you have all those beats and they got to find a home somehow you know and I just kind of got used to just cranking them out and you know nowadays like I got guys who play guitar or like just music savants and play keys and they just send me top lines and I just do the drums to them real quick and move to the next one so (laughs) I just been like cranking them out and Obviously, I get different, like, artists hitting me up, so I got to make a different style of beat, or, like, I get this assignment to make this kind of thing, and, you know, so I'm constantly just creating, but, like, the type of artists that I work with, they are constantly needing beats, and they'll run through all the beats and not pick one, so... So that that hits the 7,000 beat library. Yeah, it's actually, like, 8,500. I I actually checked the number, (laughs) and I have 8,500 in a folder.
0: No big deal.
2: Yeah, it's just... (laughs) So let me ask you, getting to the, to the, the, the you
0: know, bulk of the show, it's about golf. So yeah. <laughs> when and where and why did you pick up a club?
2: My grandparents and my dad, you know, were big into golf and, you know, they were members at a country club in L.A. Which and, one? Uh, Brentwood Country uh-huh, Club. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I grew up as a young kid going out there and playing with them and, you know, doing summer camps and stuff like that and then uh, played on, like, the... The junior team there and we play all over like LA and wilshire and Riv I don't remember playing Riv but I think like Hillcrest um but yeah I just remember you know growing up playing a lot and then I stopped because I wanted to go hang out with my friends in Venice Beach and skateboard and play basketball and soccer and do everything else except yeah. golf except
0: golf yeah, yeah. I did the same thing. So when did you quit? When you were 16?
2: No, I actually quit when I was probably like 12. 12, 13. Yeah, 12, 13. And then you picked it back up when? Picked it up like maybe a year and a half ago. Back? Yeah. And why? Uh, A buddy of mine, uh, he called me and was like, dude, do you want to go play golf? And I was like, no, dude, you're crazy. Like, why would I want to go play golf? He's like, meet me at Roger Dunn right now. And I was like, all right. Went to Roger Dunn, bought a set of used clubs. And then we went to Rancho uh, Par 3. And I beat him on, and he'd been playing for like a year. I beat him on the the first round. He's like, "We got to run it back. We got to run it back." Beat him again, and uh, I was like, "Damn, I gotta, I gotta play again." So that was it, and got the bug, and uh, yeah, just been uh, going crazy ever since. And the going crazy is—is is how often are you playing? I mean, on a good week, I'll play like three times. <laughs> what about Maybe?
0: practicing in between?
2: I try to. I try to go to the range like twice. So you know. play three rounds,
0: practice twice. It gives you two days off to rest your body.
2: Yeah, I mean, at <laughs> first I was getting hurt. Like, like when I started playing again, like I would come home and my, like my back would hurt, like just everywhere. Like, and I'd have to like, I would be mad because I had to like not play, and I would try to play, and I just couldn't like play, but. Yeah, it's been like, I mean, it's been so cool. I mean, I think I'm like super glad that I picked it up because it's also like caused me to like be conscious of my like fitness and health and all that stuff too. Because I found out like being a producer sitting at the desk all day long and just hunched over like that, you know, probably not going to swing the club like the best, you know. So it's caused me to start working out, you know eating right, you know, being mindful of my posture and just kind of. It's amazing how
0: yeah. something like golf, people are like, golf's not a sport or golf. You can't get in shape from golf. But it's like, oh, it's no. so obsessive and you do it so much. It's like, even me, like if I get a trainer and I go to the gym, they're like, "How? what are you going to do? And I'm like, I, I think I need like core flexibility, core strength. I need to work on, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, I don't want to get bulky. No, I don't want to lose weight. I want to be able to play golf until I'm like 100. Yeah. Right? Like, And, sure. and you know, I believe you can live to your 100 and you can play golf to 100, but only if you want to. Mm-hmm. Right? Like only if you want to. For so sure. if you want to, you have to start worrying about what you put in your body, how you're going to eat, how you're going to stretch, how you're yeah. going to exercise, and then you can play until you're 100. And, you sure. know, I got a couple of kids, 12, 13, and, like, when they're 40, I'll be 75. And the thing is with golf is, like, I, th- I bet I'll still beat them. You know what I mean? Because (laughs) I know I can chip and putt. And I know I'll be at 75, I'll be able to hit little screamers down the middle and then, you know, a little wood up to the front, chip it up, make the putt, par, no big deal, right? And then there are gonna be young adults that are gonna be spraying it, hitting it far. You know, I get beat out here by this old man, um, Bill Welsh. He's a member, he's like almost 90 and and he'll beat me regularly because he never loses a ball. No. He doesn't hit it in the rough. He's because he's so old that he doesn't want to have to hit it hard out of the rough. So he just hits it down the middle with a draw. It rolls. Hits the next one down the middle with a draw. It rolls. It gets right up on the front. He yeah. chips it up. He makes the Real putt close. par. Yeah. Now I'm hitting it, you know, 295, wild down the middle, hitting hard-ass seven irons, hit the green, spin off the back, not get up and down, bogey. <laughs> or I'll hit it 10 foot, lift the putt out. Par, and he knocks in a 12-footer to tie me. Oh, yeah. It's just like, dude, I can't beat this guy. Yeah. You know, you obviously have a beautiful daughter that I met. Yeah. Right?
2: What's her name? Penny. Shout out Penny. Young Penny. Shout out Penny. So when's Penny getting the club in her hand? I've been trying to get her to play golf, but the wifey wants her to play tennis for some reason. But I think Penny's better at golf. Yeah, and I learned, (laughs) interesting enough, just to be the golf sicko I am, I learned to hit
0: tennis first. So I learned to hit like top spin yeah. and cut spin mm. with a tennis racket. So if you want to hit top spin, the toe of the club has to outrace the heel. Mm. If you want to hit a cut, the heel has to outrace the toe. Mm. And that'll make the ball spin or or top yeah. spin over, you know? So like believe it or not, a little kid playing tennis, you learned that like you can't hit the ball hard with your arm. You got to hit it with your body. Right. So tennis it's like same thing, keeping the elbow on the hip and hitting the ball you know so I think tennis leads into to golf great because you learn how to manipulate the ball you learn how to shape it you know Mm -hmm. if you're hitting a topspin lob in tennis you're hitting it with topspin so it lands over the opponent's head and then bounces forward fast as shit if you're hitting a drop shot you're hitting zippy backward spin so it goes over the net and then comes back towards the net so the guy's gonna have a harder time getting to the ball right so It's all about, like, in tennis, it's like good tennis players. It's all about, like, angles. You know, you get your opponent out of place, and then you hit angles. That's the way you're going to get them out of the place. So if you hit one back to the back right, they hit that back up. You move up, hit the next one short left. They're running so hard for it, all they're going to do is pop it up, and you're at the net, put them out later. So angles are a hell of a thing, even with golf. Like, I've been trying to play lately where, like, I call the shot, and I try to shape everything now. So, like, I'm thinking of it as, like, if I was a pro golfer and I'm playing this hole and there's, you know, Jason Day, watching Jason Day practice mm. and play, et cetera, it's like, if there's water on the left and there's woods on the right, there's no way on earth he's hitting it left in the water. He'll deal with hitting it in the right. So then that way, again, he makes sure that the the, the, heel, out, the heel races. Out. He does not let mm. that toe close with, with out-of-bounds or yeah. water left because he's done you got a bogey or double bogey at best, right? Mm. If you can just determine that spin, it's like then you take one side out. So if I know I'm going to hit a hold-off cut driver, there's water on the left, I just almost aim it at the water and just cut the fuck out of it, and it's guaranteed to either be in the fairway or in the right rough. But it's not going to be in the left rough or in the water. And then it's a game of misses. So then if I'm in, then I can still score. Sure. You know, I play with Willie Wilcox. The guy likes to hit it all over the place and get it in the hole as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah. it doesn't matter. You're gonna hit yeah. shitty, shitty, shitty shots. Just make sure when you do hit a shitty shot, it's not in the lake. It's way right in the woods because then you can chip one out of the woods, up onto the front, chip it up, make a par, get out of there. Even Jason's blowing them right. Homes on the left, out of bounds. Woods on the right and another fairway. And he'd miss it, but if he misses it, it's going way the fuck right, right? And then there's bunkers in the front of the green, so he's got to hit it under the trees. He doesn't compound one mistake to the next. So then he hits an iron under the trees that leaves it short of the bunker. Then he goes up and pitches it over the bunker, four foot makes par. Where like bad players will, one, hit it out of bounds. Mm -hmm. He doesn't do that. Two, they'll hit the next one and try to do a hero shot hit it in the lip of the bunker. Yeah. And then you're, you know what I mean? It's like, he's just like, it's like chess, right? It's like just be calm. It's like pool when you're playing pool. It's like your next shot is the most important shot where right. you leave it so that you can score and keep going and pull. And I think that all that type of stuff is a super learning curve.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to learn the one-way miss. You know, yeah. just playing with, like, some of these college guys and, you know, I, I'm able to play with some of these really good players, like, at the club I'm at and just... My coworker is a really good golfer, too. He used to play at UCLA with Patrick Cantley. And just, he doesn't miss one, like, it's a one-way He mix. picks
0: which side is yeah. a miss.
2: And he can do either or. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, like, just... those
0: pros are those good players. Like, if they're going to draw the ball, mm-hmm. they draw the ball. Yeah. It's not going to slice. They may hook it, but you're hooking it into a place where you're okay. Yeah. You're not going to hook it into a lake. Right. If there's the lake, you're going to cut it. Yeah. yeah, and I think that goes for me. It goes back to like tennis, like that, or like that, or even like ping pong. You know what I mean? It's like the,
2: the different yeah. way you spin the ball. If I played with some tennis guys who they were so used to that. What is that? Like a draw, top spin. Yeah, they would, but that's like they hit a huge yeah. draw. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's kind of, I don't know if it was helping them, but.
0: <laughs> but they also have an approach shot where you cut that motherfucker and it yeah. zips low. Yeah. And it'll hit skip. Mm. You know what I mean? Instead of hit and bounce it'll right. hit and skip and it's very hard to get it It's called an approach shot to like the backhand you hit it Like if I'm playing you and you're not good at the backhand I'm gonna hit a low approach shot to your to your weak side And then when you you're going to get it. It's like one. It's not even gonna bounce It's just gonna skip so then it's hard as hell to get it back And then you pop it up and I can come to the net and put it out. Who knew I played
2: tennis like yeah. this? <laughs> it's a cool game.
0: We like to ask on this show um Favorite club in the bag and why?
2: It used to be the driver, but my driver has been uh, kind of my worst enemy right now. But I think my three, my driving iron, three iron.
0: Nice little chippy two iron down the three uh, iron that keep you in the game.
2: Yeah, it's, it's honestly helped me so much. Uh, I got like a hybrid shaft on it. It's Get like it? a little driving iron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that thing it's has been... Money money for me.
0: I use one too. They're the great. Yeah, Better than a so hybrid good. because the hybrid gets too spinny and goes high. Yeah. They call it a little fairway cheater with that one. Mm-hmm. Hit it like what? 240 down the middle? Yeah, 240. Simple.
2: For sure. And then I also use it on like longer par 5 sometimes Yeah, going too. in. With the hybrid shaft, it gets higher for me. Because mm-hmm. like I had like a four iron, but it had like a steel shaft and it would, I would hit it kind of low with the, with the hybrid shaft. It gets it up in the air and I clear that and bunker in the the front. stop.
0: Yeah. It won't Kick off the Mm back, and if you had one club you wanted to turn in, and replace, what would it be?
2: I mean, I have a three wood in my bag. I mean, I I don't even really use it. (laughs) You just need an easy driver or a hard two iron. Yep, yep, definitely that
0: that club. Where are you playing in LA?
3: L uh, El Cab
0: in it? Yeah, El Cab. You remember yeah. El Cab? Yes, sir. Officially, Anybody yeah, wants to go play El Cab, it's one of the greatest courses in the area. Yeah, hit it's me kind up. of a sneaky, good course, kind of a sleeper. Yeah, Am I right? definitely, definitely. Michelle Wee is a member there. Shout out, Michelle Wee. Yeah. Hit you, hit ever you ever see her? You ever see Weezy out there? I haven't seen Weezy. No, I haven't. She, she was a member for like a year, and I said, okay. how's El Cab? Yeah. After a year, I said, how's El Cab? And she's like, I don't, have, I, I don't know, I haven't played. I haven't played it yet. Because she retired, so she's like oh, okay. gardening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like doing yoga and gardening. That's cool. and like that's cool. Adulting things, right? Raising her baby. Yeah.
2: No, that's awesome. Yeah, I feel like I'm the youngest guy there. Like, you are. Yeah, I've had dinner a few <laughs> times, and I'm like, I'm definitely the youngest guy here, for sure.
0: So let me ask you this one. If you are a person watching and you're intimidated by the game because you think it's not for you, or you think it's too hard, or you think um, it's too intimidating, or what have you, what would be some words of advice, and why do you think they should join us in this psychotic game we play.
2: I mean, I think it's honestly the greatest game ever. I mean, you can learn a lot about a person you play with just in two holes. Like, I mean, I've heard of people who do big business deals and before they sign the deal, they'll play golf with the other person and they could see right off the bat what type of person they are. I feel like I've learned so much about people. It's a great way to get out, you know, um, And I don't know, it's just, it's a journey, you know, you'll never be satisfied, but I I think for me, it's just been one of the greatest things for me ever. So I highly recommend it. (laughs) It really is. So last question
0: before we get out of here, obviously today we just played the Preserve Golf Club. This is where, this is my home. One of my favorite golf courses in the world. We did a project with Adidas. Obviously we
2: have these uniform jackets on. What do you think about the course? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, I think this is probably the most unique course I've ever played. And that it's just, I mean, it's, it's like a, you're taking a hike and out in nature golfing. Um, I mean, very tough, um, but very, very fun. Like I, I had a great time today, honestly. We did a
0: sweatshirt uh, this year and it says, the sweatshirt reads, for health seekers and golfers. Yeah. And like, that's what that is. Yeah. If you're seeking mental health and yeah, physical sure. health, go walk that thing every other day.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's sick. We when we were driving up, like like we didn't really see too much wildlife, but coming back, then they started coming out. Like we saw some deer, turkeys, and quail. I think. Yeah, quail all over the yeah, place. Bobcats
0: no. hunting the quails. This is uh. No, this this is, is unbelievable. There's no place like it on earth. Thank you so much for yeah, really for being sure. On the pod, thanks for having me, Share man. We already you it. Everybody, we'll see you next time, part three podcast.
2: Yeah. At least I did in my way. Lie way two-faced. But in my heart I understand, I made my move, and it was all about you. No, I feel so far removed. You are the one thing in my way, you were the one thing in my way. You are the one thing in my way. You are the one thing in my way. You were the one thing in my way. You are the one thing in my way.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Part 3 Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen Malvin, and I am here with the one and only Tanya Tare. You, <laughs> you said
4: that good. Did I? Literally, nobody says it right. Not that it matters to me much, but like, you said And how it really do you good.
0: spell Tare?
4: T-A-R-E. You can say Tare if you don't wanna say it Tade. like that. But Tare, yeah, if you're is...
0: close, if, if you're a homie, you say it Tare. <laughs> Tare is for uh, not a friend, obviously. <laughs>
4: acquaintances
0: okay so i was um talking about the golf ball and saying the same same and i was explaining so the story same same came from me and erica going and having putting lessons with my man Choi. he's the secret of Choi on instagram and he coaches all the korean lk uh klpga and kpga players and some of the pros on tour on the women's and the men's and he's a putting coach only so I went and had a whole thing with him and I did like an hour and a half and mine was, you know, all types of stuff we were working on. But then Erica goes to do her putting lesson with him and she's a, an amateur, right? So he says, okay, putt a couple balls. Let me see what you're doing. And, um, you know, he speaks broken English. He is a second language English, so he doesn't speak English perfect. But with, um, he has her putt. So she's like, you know, it's like a 15 foot putt. And she putts the first one like five foot. And then he says, okay, do it again. And she puts the next one like 25 foot, right? And then he goes, okay, what does a monkey do before it jumps from one tree to the next tree? And she's like, I don't know. And he says, it looks where it's gonna jump. Because <laughs> she's doing the putting, like, you know, the putting stroke? Yeah. To get the feel, but she's staring at the ball. Right, right, and right. And he's like, when you do the putting thing, you have to look where you're gonna hit it. Of so you feel. can judge. Yeah. You have to look at the tree before you jump yeah, to yeah. the tree, or you're not going to hit the tree. You're going to land and hurt yourself. Even a monkey would, right? And then the other thing he said the entire time was, you go back the same speed as you go through. So, same, same, right? <laughs> yeah. Same, same. So, the entire hour putting lesson was, same, same, <laughs> monkey, same, same. Monkey. Works. Same, same. Yeah. At least she has two thought processes that are... Uh...
4: I mean, that makes total sense to me because most people overcomplicate ev- everything in golf. Mm-hmm. And like that's such a simple analogy, but it's exactly spot on.
0: So you're golfing. Um, obviously, we've been friends for years. We, uh, we went to um, Evian together Yeah. and multiple other times we've been together. So you started playing golf in New Zealand. Yeah. How old?
4: Um, I had my first golf shot on a range when I was like fourteen, almost fifteen. Really? Yeah. So a little, little later. Bit, a little later, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in comparison, Lydia grew up playing in New Zealand as well. Like we played tournaments together and all that kind of stuff, and she won her first professional golf event at fourteen. Yeah, so. at fourteen,
0: she was already winning <laughs> yeah, like LPGA prime. events, right? I was right? like, I'm late. I'm 14, out of 15, it. 16, she won like twelve tournaments or something, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Number one amateur in the world,
4: and yeah. I was like,
0: yay. And so, growing up in New Zealand, playing golf, why did it take until you were 14 to start?
4: Um, I played tennis growing up. Mm. I was obsessed with tennis, and then I had this injury. I went through a window when I was a kid. Mm. Cut my arm, and then went into surgery. They said they had to cut my arm off from my shoulder. Managed to save it. But my arm doesn't work the same anymore, so, like, I can't fully feel up the side of my arm. And, like, it's all tingly all throughout it, and I can't control, like, those fingers. Uh. So, it... Stop me from being able to serve, honestly. Like when I go to serve, I just throw the ball everywhere and I can't control it. And I can't feel it, so I can't adjust or anything. So I had this like patch of time where I was like, I don't know what to do.
0: And that's when I picked up golf. And I've talked about it before on the show. So I learned how to play tennis first and then I learned tennis to golf. Yeah. So when I hit the ball, I have to shape shots. Yeah. So I have to think like topspin lob or you know, a spinny, low-bouncing approach shot with cut swing, Yeah. like low stinger cuts or like approach shots, right, in tennis. Or topspin draws or like big whooping draw hook, (laughs) you know, to hit like speed slots and shit. So it's like very, very similar with spinning the ball to tennis. And I found it somewhat like my golf swing is a left-handed, two-handed cross-court winner. Oh, you interesting. You like a backhand. Yeah. A lefty backhand, like, yeah. cross court. I know? do,
4: I I know a lot of people have different sports that they prefer to like start before you start golf, but like tennis for me helped me connect my hands to my body. Mm-hmm. So like, cause in tennis, obviously you've got to like use your body to go through the ball, but you've also got to know how to whip your hand through yes. last minute yes. for a top swing, like yes. you were saying. So, like, I think it's helped me in golf. Totally. Know when to, like, release my hands yes, at the end. Yes, and how stuff. to release them. Yeah, and create power. Yes, yeah. and
0: keep your right elbow on your hip.
4: Exactly. Right? As yes. long as you can. Yes, and because of all the tennis stuff, like, all of the stuff when you're coaching with a coach in golf, it makes sense.
0: And it's they're like, hey, okay, can you try this? You're like, of course. Yeah. Like, my, my coach, I sent him some swings the other day, and I was hitting hold off cuts, like, seven iron, and then, like, baby draw seven irons. And it's the exact same Everything's the exact same except the release. Yeah. Right? In the yep. swing, it's like the same take back, it's the same tempo, it's the same feet placement, it's the same lineup. Every single thing's the exact same, but when I want it to draw, I just like release my hands earlier. Yeah. And if I don't want it to draw, I don't release my hands. Right. So
4: (laughs) See, that makes sense to me because you sound like a feel player. Yes. And I'm a feel player. And so, like, that makes total sense to me. But if you don't know how to feel your hands because you haven't done something like tennis or whatever. It's nuts to
0: hear what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, people are like, what do you
4: mean? Like, how am I supposed to time that? It's all happening in a split second. Yeah. And then those people, you're going to have to adjust them at the start of their swing. You're going to have to, like, manipulate their stance or something like
0: that. Yes. And did you play golf? professionally ever? Yeah, or I did. did, I
4: did. But I, um, I've i had like a bunch of surgeries now and so it didn't really ever pan out for me. Uh, but I wish, I wish like my first goal would have been to do that. And then trick shots just happened to come at a time where it wasn't working out for me. So it like really was a blessing and it's kept me in the golf space like very deep and I appreciate that. And, and you're I'm
0: on how, Ping and Adidas yeah. and anyone else?
4: Uh, those are just my main ones now. I, w- I was with AP but We've, oh yeah. We've like loosened that contract now, so it's not like long term. Still got a,
0: a, a, a that one yeah, on. Yeah,
4: I, I got a few of them. He's
0: like, I don't need the contract. <laughs> like, I got like, a drawer Thanks full so of watches. Much, by like, the way. <laughs> if anything gets too bad, you can start slinging the, the aps. i I say, just <laughs>
4: probably low key be loyal to
0: them forever because of, of like that
4: whole relationship. And like we had a great relationship. I think they just went in a different
0: direction a bit, and I was. Okay, so trick shots. How does that? Did that happen?
4: um so funny enough i started doing trick shots in college so i would have been like i don't know 22 or something and i only did them for my family because they thought golf was so boring they're like what are you doing with golf like who plays golf nobody just old people blah 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 and i started doing these tricks when i was practicing i was like do you like this though and do you like this and i'd send them to them and then what happened was they were going to the golf range trying to do the trick and then i'd end up like subsequently hitting golf shots and now my entire family plays golf all of my friends play golf that never played golf before. Yeah. And it's just become this whole like, it's almost like just a little bit of an intro to golf. And then once you're there, you start, like you get one pure shot at a golf range and you hit it down the middle and it's powerful. It's like addicting, yeah. I don't know. Like that feeling yeah. is so pure. Yeah, You just want to come back. So they're all in that phase. So I did those videos and that's how it started. But I realized when I was 12, I learned how to do Tiger Woods' Bouncing between the legs, hit the ball out the air, sort of stuff. So yeah. actually the first thing I ever did in golf was, was a trick shot. Yeah.
0: Funny Tiger Woods, so they were doing a TV commercial somewhere about five years ago, and they called my son who plays Remington, who you met. He's over there somewhere, but Remington, <laughs> they called and they're like, hey, um, Remy can do a Tiger Woods commercial. Can he juggle? And I'm like, damn. Remy. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, can you juggle? He's like, what? I'm like, come <laughs> on, bro, let's try. And it was like a day later I called, like he can't do it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it was like he could have been in a commercial with Tiger Woods juggling the ball that as a kid. A minute, I just kinda learned how to do it. Um, I think juggling the ball with the club, it's like you almost panic when you, you have to let the ball fall yeah. and then just barely pop it. Yeah. But I kept like trying to like come up to the yeah. ball. And then that's a disaster.
4: Yeah, you really think you're going to do a
0: lot, but you don't. You just stand there and relax. And then when I figured it I'm like, oh, I could do this all week. Right. <laughs> I'm just walking around like da, da 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 no big deal. But for years, I would try it and, like, get frustrated and just stop I feel it.
4: like a lot of the problem people have is they use their hand to do it. Yeah. But you actually have use to, like... shoulder. your yeah, shoulder. Yeah, I like use my shoulder. And you can use your elbow pop. as well if you want. Mm-hmm. But, like, it, take your hands out of it. Like, hands are...
0: What are some of the best tricks you've ever pulled off? Obviously I follow your Instagram and I'm sure they're cutting your Instagram tricks over while we're speaking right now, but in your opinion, what are some of the, the most heroic trick shots you've done?
4: Um, I mean, I honestly love to just pure the ball out the air, but my favorite trick shots are the cup ones. And like I have this collection of like flip cup trick shots that I've done. I think for me, like the most exciting thing about doing trick shots is like the creative process. It's like thinking something up, then trying it, then doing it, then pulling it off and then like posting it and then people like it. And that whole process from start to end. is like just so satisfying in my head. So I'd say the flip cup ones, just because they're like the most difficult. I don't know if I could repeat them again kind of thing. I don't think other people could necessarily repeat them. So yeah. it's like. And then it's always stuff that people haven't seen before. So I'd probably say those are the most satisfying for me.
0: In skateboarding, they would always say, like, you either have to do an old trick in a new spot. Yeah. Or a new trick in an old spot.
4: Okay. That's, right? Like, it's like. That makes sense to me as well. Because, like, I always have this thing when I make videos for, specifically for trick shots. Like, you either have to look cool and good in the video. Or the view has to be great and cool and spectacular or the trick has to be really cool. You have Something. to have one of the three. Yeah. And if or you have if you have up. more than one of the three, that's great. But like if you have none of those three, it's, Don't just, post it's it. just yeah, <laughs> like, it's <laughs> just not even delete. worth it. Go home. Like. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, worth Observe, what do you think of the course?
4: Um, I think it's actually quite hard. It is like, it's not easy. It tests your game. The greens are really pure. I love that about a golf course. It's pretty, I like the elevation changes. Every hole is completely different. So I would say it's really up there. It reminds me a little bit of this course in Seattle called Aldera. Mm. Not the views, like the views are a bit better here, but like just a different style golf course that's difficult. It looks easy from the eye, but it's hard
0: once Mm -hmm. you get down there. Yeah, and it's not the longest course in the world, but the greens are very defensive. Oh yeah. False fronts.
4: Yeah, the greens are hard to read. Thank God we had a They're caddy. really hard to
0: read the putts. <laughs> yeah. Because there's so many mountains, you can't tell where the ball's gonna break. Yeah. And like, this is the 18th green over there. And so they have a college tournament here where they have like 15, you know, uh, division one colleges come and they play and they play in groups of three. And so this green, I'll sit out here and watch them two years in a row and they'll hit like 10 foot, seven foot, six foot. They just surround the hole. Yeah. And then all three of them miss the cup and all three of them don't hit the hole. Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's like a six foot putt, they miss it by a cup, which it just fools them, right? Yeah. It's like this looks like it goes one ball right to left. You putt it, it goes two balls right. Yeah. What in the world? And they all leave like scratching their heads, like, and then it gets hard because as a as a good player, you're trying to get under par and you're like, wow, after five holes, I should be five under, but I'm even. Yeah. And then you start pressing for birdies and then you make a double. And, you and now you're two over and you're like, I should be four or five or seven under. Yeah. And I'm two over. And then you press harder and now you're another. And then next thing you know, it's like, wow. Like division one, great college kid shoots 79. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's putting for and birdie all day. Like,
4: he's terrible, but you're like, he actually yeah, really no, decent. it's hard. <laughs> it's,
0: it's just hard to make the five or eight foot putts. Like you can't and just pour them in.
4: I don't know how the course is set up right now, but like you could make this course really hard if you oh. wanted to. Like really, really yes. high. They
0: can make the rough go higher, they can move the pins back. I mean the pins yeah. in tricky spots. There's false fronts on most holes. Yeah, true. If you play here, you have to miss left and long. Yeah. Which means you have yeah, to I hit a draw that. over the pin. Yeah. Then you can make the birdie coming back. You have but to be a most good golfer. amateur golfers <laughs> can't hit a draw over the pin. They hit like a shit slice to the right. Yeah. And then it hits and turns and u turns like fifty yards off the green.
4: Yeah, that's actually true. Right? right. I do I do think that most golfers that I find are really good ball strikers, they miss past the pin. Past really? the pin
0: and just like a few yeah. foot left. And
4: most people you'll kinda hit to go and long. roll
0: back and it'll kinda of like hit and turn and come back and you exactly. have kind of a flat birdie yeah. putt. Yeah. But if you miss like a little short and a little right, it's it's going back off the Yeah, green. you're
4: like got a forty yard Yeah, back then you have a forty
0: or no like tight shitty lie tight and, lie yeah. and it's like
4: Yep, I agree. I you saw hit that of one off,
0: turns around, and comes back, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> chipped it. Then you putt it, and it like goes off the back because you're yeah. scared. <laughs> and
4: you're like it's like nice triple. The fairway, you're like how did that even happen? How did that score just yes. happen? And
0: there's spots out there all on almost every hole that like are just dead around the green, right? Like, like on number two, the part three. If you miss it left, it's like you're not playing for par anymore. You're playing for bogey.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just
0: immediately, like there's nothing you can do. Like (laughs) if you pull it on two over near that bunker or above that bunker or any of that stuff, the next one you're gonna, even if you hit a flop shot, it's gonna hit and roll off the green. And then you're gonna be chipping for par. (laughs) <laughs> right? And then if you don't get up and down there, it's a double bogey. Yeah, and like, and it's like, time, wow. I'm
4: probably not going to make the pot. Yes. The yes. Then you have a six footer hard. for, <laughs> for
0: <a> bogey. <laughs> you know? You're just it's trying like, not to hit it <sighs> three foot pass. You're just trying not to get doubles when you miss <laughs> yeah, in the wrong yeah. spot. So, exactly. one of the trick shots I remember you hitting is at Sherwood when you were like ping ponging it off those rocks.
4: Oh, yeah. You yeah. 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 yeah.
0: That was good.
4: Oh, you like that one? I
0: still remember that, imagine? <laughs> remember, that that was, was a long, a long time ago, ago. I know, yeah. that's when I became such a fan.
4: Honestly, I love when someone brings up an old trick shot, because I'm like, oh. That's so- a good one. Yeah, it must be good if it's still yeah. like, being thought
0: about. Like the hedge, stone hedge, wall <laughs> yeah. rocks at the left of that green, <laughs> yeah. whatever green that is. I remember you like ping-ponging it off and it like went in or something. And I love that you get excited when you hit the shots.
4: Oh, I get genuinely, I've actually redone some trick shots before because my reaction was so chaotic that (laughs) I was like, I can't can't post that. Like that's that's intense.
0: Thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. You're one of my favorites, obviously. If not my favorite. (laughs) And we will see you guys again on a course near you.
3: Hey, this is the Part 3 Podcast. My name is Jorge Diaz, Assistant Golf Professional at Spyglass Hill. Chopping it up with Norman Blanco. Say what's up.
1: My name is Norman Blanco, Assistant Golf Professional at Pearl Beach Golf Links. Been there seven years now. It's pretty special to be around with with my man Diaz. You know, kicking it. AT&T Week's coming up.
3: That's special. You excited about that? Yeah, I'm stoked, man. It's pretty cool to see a bunch of my friends coming back up here. Right. A lot of people we know. and And... uh, seeing what steven's done with the place looks great the we're whole malvin
1: adidas collab that's having a good time Too fire we're having a good time i wish i was i, I could have been there yesterday at the preserve I, I know they had a great time
3: but guys like you are busy man it guys like you're busy, busy I playing played, golf I in the
1: tournament for the section for player california pga section
3: both of us pga golf professionals yeah this is my bro norman blanco and, and s- uh we're over at at pebble beach it's so cool. yeah it's pretty cool
1: about this story the other day Tell right us. this was sunday was it sunday yeah so sunday jordan spieth comes in the golf academy he's kicking it uh he's about to go play in this little celebrity shootout pro at the hay and uh he's he, jordan spieth got two sets of clubs right most of these guys do travel with two sets of clubs well he needed one of those sets re-gripped and so the young lady behind the counter, she regrips clubs, so she, she did them. So yeah. she was all geeked out about that's it. That's what's up. That. It was pretty cool to see that. Dude. For us, right, we've been here, what, five? I've, I've been here seven years. You've been here how long?
3: Three, 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 three years. years, man. I'm on my third we year. We've seen
1: these guys. Jordan Speed comes every year.
3: Yeah. They come um, out here a lot. And that's the thing. That's what we say. We make those relationships with these guys because of, of uh, being at golf at the highest level. Right. And... Um, everything's at the highest level right. the the practicing is at the highest level right. uh, so when we get new employees or interns even that haven't been out here and they get to see guys like Jason Pretty Day roll up now, and that's have their cool. own spot on the range right? and those
1: guys are all nice yeah Jason Day oh all of he them he sees me on the range he's yeah, always like cool. what's up what's that's up cool, man? yeah that's that's, that's a cool feeling that's a great feeling and uh,
3: now and now it's a signature event now we got them all here.
1: Which makes it cool. Roy McElroy, I think he's I been here once. I met Rory, dude. That's who I'm, I'm most excited, excited to, up to see. He's not number one in the world. Scotty Chef is. I met Scotty right?
3: yesterday. That was great. Him and Sam Burns played Spyglass, and that was rad. They had a great time. That so I'm cool. excited
1: to see a bunch of ball
3: strikers. We got Scotty Sheckler and Xander Shopley, Ricky Fowler and uh, JT mean. was out there. Patrick Cant. These are it.
1: guys that have, that would best never, in
3: the world, man. We're gonna have a
1: good time. That would have never never showed up. So we're excited. It should be good. I, I started in in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, playing, I was playing pop Warner football, and, and a group of guys at the at the local golf course came over to our practices and and would and would pitch to our parents. Hey, bring your kids out to to the golf clinic. We're giving out free golf clinics. And my mom took him up on it, and and I, been, I went for like a couple of years, but it wasn't a I wasn't a big fan of it. I didn't want to play golf. I wanted to play football, basketball, baseball. That's what my friends were doing, right? So golf wasn't that cool. Then MJ started playing golf, yeah, and then yeah, Tiger man. Woods came out. Oh, I was like, oh, this is kind of dope. This is cool. I could do this. And then when I realized I wasn't growing like my peers, I couldn't compete at the highest level in football, basketball. Then I turned to golf, and I, I would in high school in 10th grade when i said golf is it i was like i'm going to play professional golf i'm going to go to college play college golf and i want to play professional golf that never happened i never i never i never played i never had a year to just play professional golf at the college cuz i wasn't good enough those guys they're just they're really the great they're really great players like ball strikers big short game and now it's all about distance and speed right so they, these guys sitting it. I mean, I still hit it. I hit it far. I hit it good, good, good ways, but we are still working on getting there, and it's going to get there. It's going to get there, but this is not a bad backup, right? I'm working in the golf industry with my guy, Jorge Diaz, at the best golf course in the world as a golf pro, teaching the game, growing the game uh greeting guests that that come in and want to have a good time just making sure that they
3: have a good time we deliver that experience we
1: deliver a world-class experience and i'm happy with that i
3: didn't grow up playing golf i didn't grow up playing golf and i actually didn't i mean i played like some golf with uncles and that kind of thing but Mm -hmm. i also um i went to college i was at, at the university of arizona and my roommates played golf and they needed a fourth every now and then so i I played and I was actually kind of good at it. And and those guys were like, "Hey man, like you're pretty good at it. You should get some golf clubs and that kind of thing." So I picked up the game. I went to the shop, I picked up some used clubs and it, I got I got the golf bug, man, just like anyone else. So I started doing a lot of golf and college and not school. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I transferred over to New Mexico State. Uh, and I was part of their PGM program. Now, both of us went to PGM programs, yes, man, and that's kind to, of important yeah. to, to I think, why we're here. Why we're here. And, and, uh, the um, PGM programs
1: that are accredited by the PGM of America are great. Yeah. I went to the University of Maryland Eastern Shore. You yeah. went to New Mexico State.
3: I did, um, and and that was awesome. That then, I uh, I stayed home in in Texas where I was an assistant for a long time, and then at Butterfield Trail, and then that took me to Washington, where I was the head golf professional at Chambers Bay. Right.
1: Dope, crazy. Then
3: uh, I went and I was the, uh, I took an assistant position over at TPC Summerlin, which is what kind of was the catalyst to being at the highest level and meeting these guys because we'd put on the Shriners Invitational every year. Mm. And um, gosh, I can remember just meeting Hideki and all those guys for the first time and fostering this. Like the manifesting what was going on now today, sitting in this Super chair, Bowl. telling our stories, telling our stories, um, in front of some pretty cool people, man. That's awesome. So that's that's it. Man. That's that's those are from the roots.
1: Well, Pebble Beach is jaw dropping just because of the views. I mean, it's the it's the greatest meeting of land and sea. It's not. It's just that's just what it is. Uh, the golf course is also it's a good challenging golf course. I mean, off the tee is pretty forgiving after playing it after for a while you you get off the tee pretty well but it's the second shot right it's hitting those tiny greens those tiny targets that makes it a tough golf course and uh it's a links course it's open so the winds and the weather definitely play a big part and
3: how how you play and how you how you're gonna fare in the field it's it's gonna be wild so you talked about it being the pinnacle and how people travel to be here it's the bucket list um experience at pebble beach now these tour pros um see it as a challenge and pebble beach is so difficult in in the way the greens are built and how small they are now then you throw in spyglass hill into (laughs) the mix you got one of the most difficult i can't wait till they
1: show on the golf channel the difference and scoring average at then, the two golf courses.
3: Then on top of all of that, you're gonna, you're gonna throw in the wind and the rain and the elements. Now, for the professionals, they do it all the time and they're gonna have to really show their skills. All right. For the amateurs, we're gonna expect them to really just get through it and have a great time. But it's really cool to see some of these athletes come out here because they're the best at their craft mm-hmm. and what they do. Mm-hmm. And when they grab a golf club and maybe they're not as skilled, but they're out there competing with the best in the world on the same playing field, that's special in any condition. We're
1: going to get some rain. We're going to get some wind. And this is a signature event, meaning you got the best players in the world. So meaning it should be a challenge. It should be tough for them. And that's that's why I'm kind of excited to see that they're going to have some rain and some wind, because I want to see these guys sweat it out. I want to uh, see tough it out. The ball
3: strikers, man, yeah.
1: And so we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, it should be good. Should be good, good, good view. Uh, spend some time on the short game. Spend some time chipping, spend some time putting. Just spend twice, if you could do uh, an hour, two times a week, you know what I mean? Out on the putting green and chipping green, your game will improve, I guarantee you. Start with the small swings. If you can get that down, then you can go and uh, progress to the bigger swings.
3: It's in the verbiage, and Norman makes a great point. When you stop trying to hit that golf ball, and just make golf swings, mm. you're gonna play a lot better golf. The golf ball's not moving, so just focus it on. Just a golf the swing. It just gets
1: in the way. It just gets in the way.
3: that was the free one. Any other tips will cost you some money. Man. Come and see us. Come and see us. We're
1: here five days out of the week, right here playing golf living a dream shout out to the malbons man they're great big time malvin steven erica they came in this community about probably about what two two three years ago it's about time and i mean they've brought cool back they've they've brought they've brought cool to the community and 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 they've grown the game uh with with their style and their swag and and their uh gracefulness they're just they're so nice to everyone
3: we appreciate
1: Um, that man thank you we really do appreciate that